Welcome to the episode. I'm Lunchy. I'm Pabs. And I'm JK. I'm still in mourning for EV1. <laughs> yeah, right. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seat. The show is about to begin. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the only podcast that observes and interprets <laughs> the <Pretty>. human experience. <laughs> <laughs> Pabs. Ah, oh, LB. Been a long time. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, and I, I, I feel I feel out of practice. Well, you know what, dude? In the hundred and three odd episodes, we've only ever had one week break yeah, at one most. Cap. Like, and I think we did that twice. We've yeah. now doubled that in yeah. two weeks. Mm. So it does feel like a long time. Separate but enough about you, Pablo. <laughs> enough about you, brother. All right, we have a guest. Well, I feel I feel like we're nearly on the same level as our guest today, like in terms of podcasting, because like. I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> Are you? Bit of pre-show jitters. We'll fix this right up. JK, JK, welcome, welcome, welcome aboard, dude. Yeah, thanks welcome for aboard. having me. Pleasure no, to be here. Thank you for yeah. coming aboard, man. It's yeah. um, I'm glad we could get another guest on, right? Like mm-hmm. we've we've been sort of focusing on where we're taking the show and we've got three or four different shows now evidently yeah. and and <laughs> right, you know we right, have we've, yeah. we've managed to neglect people uh and not have any guests on for the last i don't well, know well corona like, too right like you know well, the virus you know, had something three, to do with that three as well people in a you know nine square meter room is you know against regulations yeah so. that's uh, right but um Moving yeah, right it's, on, man. it's uh it's good it's good to have someone on and um thanks for coming on jk um, drama JK, you're um, a performing artist, right? You're um, yeah, in, um, in yeah, simple words, performing yeah. artist. Yep. Jack of all trades, I guess. Music, musically, right? Yeah. Jack of all trades, musically. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. Tell Artistry, us a bit. focusing on the MC stuff and the production side of hip hop music. But yeah. That that is the top layer of that bag, I suppose. Man. Yeah. So like TV you iceberg. you you put it in your words. What do you do? Um. Yeah. I, I'm an MC. A sound engineer, producer, somewhat of an artist manager. You know, I've got a couple of dudes under my belt that I look after and show the ropes to. Yep. Performer. Right yeah. Right on. Bit right of an all-rounder. Yeah, right. Our, our viewers, rather than our listeners, sound doesn't transcend picture, unfortunately. Our viewers are probably looking and scratching their heads and, and I mean, you look young. Yeah. yeah, there's no escaping that. You're a yeah. young-looking young bloke. Yeah, um, that's for sure. How old are you, mate? We look like two fat bastards here, Lunchy. I'm, 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 I'm really feeling the weight at the moment. Dude, mate. I just feel old <laughs> as well, right? Like, I can't help but notice the fucking greys, dude. Even, like, I've, I've, yeah, it's getting worse, right? It's accentuated by this fucking young fella sitting in between us here. It might be the camera, I think. Uh, the, could camera's, be. the camera's it making us look old pounds. and fat. Yeah, just, right? <laughs> this is what they say. It just adds, blame the technology. Right? It's got <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with yeah. my piss-poor diet. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, not at all. So, dude, you're young. Yeah. How how young, like, how old are you? I'm 19, 19. 20 in a month. Mm. Now, the re- it's relevant, right? And the reason it's relevant for the listeners is because you've been through quite a lot. You've mm. been through a hell, you've had a lot of experience for your, your age. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Most definitely. Um, so, I guess we should start at the beginning, right? Because that's a very specific yeah. sector um, of artistry. Yeah. to get into. Take us back to where it started. How old are you? Well, 
like growing up, music was always around. You know, I got at the time I had no younger sis, siblings. I got two older sisters, my mum and my dad. You know, they all listened to different, different types of music, different artists, bands, whatever. And like it ranged from everything you could think of to like Metallica, Black Sabbath, ACDC, to Frank Sinatra, Michael Bublé, <laughs> Lady Gaga and everything in between, you know? Sure, sure, sure. So <laughs> quite a wide net. Yeah, but I would have been about four years old, I'd say, and I, like, had this massive gravitation towards Michael Jackson. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's and, interesting, given your age. Right, well, Michael, like the, Michael, I mean, the guy, I mean, they're the a great artist. Michael yeah. Jackson is a, just just one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not You can't yeah. doubt that yeah. his music and the way that um, he performed was yeah. absolutely yeah. Um, I'll unique. That. Yeah. yeah, I was just watching some MJ the other day, like in concert. Man, unbelievable! Yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, there there never been, been another. No, like there hasn't no. been one since, and I don't know that there will be another. You know. Yeah. Interesting, dude. Michael Jackson, what an interesting influence to have. Okay, yeah. so so you discover MJ and uh, you, you know you you fucking moonwalking across the living room. All yeah, of a no, that that was it. Well, you got I, into dancing. Yeah, I, I wanted to dance because I just I would see Michael Jackson. You know, my mum had these these old these old VHSs and DVDs of live concerts and all the records and that. My mum was a huge MJ super fan, still is, and. I'd watch him on stage and just wonder, like, you know, that looks... That looks How like, did he do that? Yeah, it looks yeah. like magic, you know. <laughs> he's defying everything to do what he's doing. And I was like, shit, I want to do that. Sure. And, I, you know, I just would stand in front of the mirror and just listen to MJ tunes and, you know, look over at the TV and watch what he's doing and that. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, and I picked the basics up, like the moonwalk and, you know, all, all right. the key moves. And then I sort of was like, oh, you know, this is cool. You know, I can dance. I want to dance. Okay. And then later on, you know, as I got into primary school, a few years into primary school, one of the, the teachers come to me and was like, oh, you, we, got, we got this dance thing. You, you should join. You know, sure, we travel sure, around. Sure. We compete with other schools, do performances and that. I was like, shit, yeah, sign sure, me up. Sure, And then throughout my primary school years, pretty much all the way up until I left primary school, I was doing that, going around. I went all around the state, performed in all different environments, different places, competed. Building your confidence. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then... Can you think of a punishment worse than death, right? That, that you know, performing as a dancing male in primary school? We are living in different ages. Yeah, that's right? for sure. What would have happened to you yeah. if you were a dancer in primary school, Babs? <laughs> no, look, I think, I think there was is there, a... Was there I think a, there is a for, I'm, no, I'm trying to think in my head. Like, yeah. was there a dancing group for... for um, I'm sure there was. We just yeah. never were that skilled, bro. <laughs> that, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? You'd probably bang on. There are, yeah, but, that's but the, right. There the are interesting factors. thing about this for me is like, um, JK, obviously you, um, you, you were... The, what's the term for it? Um, uh, indoctrinated into a world of um, competitive... Um, commercial, yeah, right. Most application, yeah. Even though, like, that wasn't going to be your final calling, yeah. Like, but it was. You, a you lot got exposed of to it, yeah, and especially yeah. being so young, because it was like, if you fuck up, that's it. There's no second chances. You're in a room, yeah, full of all these people. They're watching you right then and there. There's no, yep. oh, I'm gonna start again, whatever. 
Yeah. But then, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I got into... And, and everything around that too, like the organisation, yeah. the travelling, yeah, the, the, the communications, everything, like it all it all falls apart. Yeah. And the reason it's relevant is because, you know, later on, you you know, we're going we're gonna to move on. It's a tool on. for it's, the belt, right? That's well, what well, I said about the, the confidence. Yeah, like like the, the confidence you must have gathered, whether knowing or unknowingly, as a young man dancing at school in front of crowds, like that's already yeah. giving you this this platform yeah. that most people wouldn't actually have. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some kids in a sport team or something like yeah. that's similar but that's a different kind of performance yeah. pressure again because there is fuck-ups in sports and yeah. they, you know what i mean like especially in kids sports you yeah. know um yeah interesting yeah. interesting okay continue yeah but then yeah sorry dude i'll just shut the fuck up <laughs> well, we, you know we're both interrupting yeah. <laughs> you know and then things changed a bit and i gravitated towards more like b-boying and you know pop and locking and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff but then sort of towards the end of primary school, I just got over it and was like, no, nah, I don't want to do this no more. I'm sick of it. Oh, you know, I've done everything. I've done everything I could do. Were there any Can factors? you still drop it like it's hot? Is that a term? I'd, <laughs> I'd probably hurt myself because it's been a very long time. But I mean... That's so, funny. So were they the only factors that influenced you to get away from the dancing was a sense of like there's nothing new in it for me yeah i just got over it it was just like doing the same shit every day it was like waking up and brushing your teeth you know it was just yeah routine yeah the moves i I got over it process everything everything was the same you know just in a different box really it was Mm. okay so you move from dancing what's your next yeah well actually next we backtrack a few years i was six and my dad bought me a guitar okay this acoustic guitar from a hawk shop yeah Right, I think he paid like a hundred bucks for it. I've still got it to this day. It's like my prized possession. Sure. I take it with me everywhere I go when I get the chance. Yep. And he gave it to me and was like, you know, you, you've been getting into this music stuff. You know, here's a guitar. If you, if you like it, you want to play whatever, that's awesome. If not, don't worry about it. It's sure. cool. Just just do whatever. And then I looked up how to tune it, and then took the cd folders we had like crates you know all this sort of shit there's so much music laying around and i'd look into everything i could you know flipping through put this cd in play nah i don't want to do that i'd change it up whatever and then i'd find a song i'd like and then i'd literally play it all right there's a guitar part here repeat no pause repeat go down the fretboard each string right all right found it next one feel your way through the sound Mm. Yeah, and then I taught myself how to play guitar like that, and I developed a really good ear for for pitch and for what sounds right and what sounds doesn't. Because even still to this day, as someone who now produces music and can play a wide variety of instruments, I still don't know shit about music theory. Reading Mm. music is none of that technical knowledge. It's not your. It's just like all right, that sounds right. Da 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 da. That sounds right too. You know, but Mm. that doesn't. Sort Mm. of thing. And that's still how I roll with it. It's well, it's much like me. Like I can play guitar, I can play a lot of instruments, and I don't know how to read sheet music. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never learnt, never was interested to because I was like, I can play these songs. Why do I need a piece of paper? I'm, I'm to pretty handy when to... I find my way around a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, similar. Like you know, with piano, like I found myself being yeah. able to to listen touch getting oh, and that's very similar like but not not across i tried guitar 
fucking sausage fingers. Right? <laughs> Maybe a benefit. I don't know, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, definitely can't work my way around. Yeah, piano and um, harmonica. Harmonica is another one that's just kind of fun. Easy, very easy yeah. to learn. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Very hard to master, you know? Yeah, and then I, a couple of years later, I stumbled upon grunge music and nirvana in particular yes and it was like i nice. found my world you'll you, there's this theme of luck coming up with you right like yeah you are you are in a different age bracket um whereas michael jackson growing up with michael jackson mm. as it was happening would be like like anything else but you you happened upon because your parents influenced yeah. with, with Michael I'm Jackson, very and then lucky you, you got your that. guitar right, and, and and like you've just had these these um, pivotal in, uh, influences from from the past, yeah. from recent history, yeah, and and like For sure. just very successful yeah. <laughs> influences, you know. So like you've you've kind of lucked out on like you know you've you, that whole listening to a wide range of music, yeah, yeah, Excellent. and then. I stumbled across a couple of Nirvana songs, you know, I'd never really heard of them or knew what they were about or whatever. They had cool guitar, the music was mad and that. I looked up Nirvana and saw Kurt Cobain and I was like, oh shit, he looks me, looks like me at the time. You know, I had this bob of hair, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know. Yeah. So I was like, this is cool, I can relate to this. But then I just, I fell in love with grunge music. Yeah. yeah. And as yeah. I got older and I learnt a bit more about the undertones of the music itself and that, especially to do with Kurt Cobain's lyrics and... You know, he addressed a lot of issues and shit that were, I guess, what you could say, taboo at the time. Yeah. And he'd do it subliminally. And I really thought that was a really cool and mad concept. So then I just sort of adapted the whole grunge aesthetic. And literally from about eight years old up until I sort of discovered rap and veered off in that direction, I like devoted myself to trying to find a grunge band and becoming a grunge artist. But it never happened. I never found luck. Wasn't supposed to. Yeah, I guess Interesting. so. Interesting. Do, do you think, um, yeah, this is maybe a question for a bit later on, but do you think that that could be in your future? Most definitely. If someone came to me right now and said, will you do grunge music full time to throw hip hop? I would literally go, yep, done, dusted, without even thinking about it. Sayonara, see you later. Is there a middle ground where you can meld these two styles? In modern times, yes. Hmm. You know, I guess... Maybe from not what I know of, but back in the 90s, early 2000s, it sort of really wasn't a thing. They were like, they're their own sort of, their own worlds. And then yeah. I can think of one example, right? Like, I mean, uh, hip hop, rap and, and metal. You know, starting yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. Like, you got um, like new metal style stuff. Like, uh, what do you call uh, Ice T, man? Remember that album, uh, Beastie, Body, Beastie Body Beastie Count? Yeah, 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 right? Body Count. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know and, the one. Um, uh, Beastie Boys Beastie is Boys, another good example of like just bastardizing like yeah. two very different styles. Yeah. I've never heard a grunge hip hop. Uh, now like, I'm just racking my memory. I really can't think of a grunge because I mean I've heard country hip hop now. Like in the last two or three yeah. years, there's been like a couple of real um, big. What was his name? Fucking Achy Breaky Heart. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus yeah, did, the, did the song did with that little Nas fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The horse yeah. one. Yeah, 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 that one. So, like, that, yeah. look, it's it's becoming a reality. Yeah, right? we're, yeah. We're, we're starting to Frankenstein the shit out of music. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah but, and then, you know, from what I know of, it didn't really happen. I mean, there were artists that sort of tried to do, like, the whole emo rap thing, you know, where there was, like, the alternative grungy aesthetic thing to hip-hop but then i stumbled across where the two worlds collided with the late artist little pete 
Sure, 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 sure. He was sort of came up in the sort of the SoundCloud predominant era, and he didn't rap, but he wasn't a grunge singer either. Sure, but he sure, did like sure, this sure. whole grunge punk thing with hip hop elements, immerse it together, and like I really grew mm. onto his music because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got multidisciplinary artists now, right? Yeah, like you've got um, Post Malone. Yeah, classic modern example yeah. of a multidisciplinary artist yeah. who will go from, you know, hip hop to, you know, uh, metal to whatever, and he does a lot. Yeah, right? and he says that open, like you know, he does. He never intended on becoming a hip hop artist. Yeah, you know, he just kind of, he loves music. Yeah, I read up on that funny. myself. Is it, yeah. So is he is he known? Because I'm not that in tune with the shit like is he Same known perhaps. as a hip-hop artist yeah Malone? that's predominantly i mean right. it's, in, it's not uh, uh, look dude you're asking the wrong dude i, I think you should you answer in that. a mainstream crowd yes like the whole over sort of the you know the past 10 years or so where the whole like the hip-hop pop thing has come out and they call them they call these artists rappers but they make more pop music in the mainstream eye, yes, I guess he would be considered hip-hop, but to people that dive deeper into the subcultures and sort of understand the differences between them... The hardcore. A lot of yeah, hip-hop because is. I was going to say, it's not rap. It's, it's not, not. Like, Pablo and I understand rap to be something yeah. completely different because we're ignorant of anything post-1995, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so... <laughs> when, none you, of it, when you were born, of, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> none of it yeah that's a jab at ourselves right? yeah it is fucking not a old. but um like none of it for me so like i remember being disgusted at that fucking song i can't even remember the name but it's when you know i guess the the the, the wall was broken and it, it was going hip-hop for me and rap was going downhill right, already yeah and we heard this song panda song oh yeah 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 and, I and know like, the it, one. it was yeah, so popular and I, I, I like that song. you and I were drinking, <laughs> and you were like, "Oh, I like the sound of this." And I'm like, "What is this?" And then like, "Rap." And I'm like, "No, no, it's not. No, <laughs> it's mumbling not. This shit is over else. a beat." Like, yeah. And then this mumble rap movement, really, like it really for me, that's where it kicked off. And I'm, the I mumble might be rap wrong movement about that, but it, oh has actually been God. around for a while. It just Ugh. artists like Future and Migos brought it into its own light. Sure, sure, sure. Mumble sure. rap has been around sort of early 2010s was when it sort of started to creep into existence and then dudes like the Migos and Future and Young Thug, all these new wave mumble rap pioneers, I guess you could call them, blew it up into a light and then they thought, oh, I don't need talent to rap and then... It makes me sad. That's when the little army came along and, you know, everyone in their dog was little this, little that. All right, let's, let's, let's steer it back yeah, in, let's right? Steer it back because, in because, like, because we, we could wanna... sit and complain about this <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is that... Um... There's a lot more to tell about your story, right? Yeah, and I, f- I feel like we should move through this because there's some yeah. interesting questions. Yeah, that, there is. That we do of, have some know. good questions for um, you, right? Like, So let's skip forward to your introduction to hip-hop. Right, okay. So growing up, I grew up around a lot of the older influences in my life were big graph heads. Yep. And really predominant in the area. And, you know, we could walk around and be like, oh, you know, oh, that piece over there, he did that. Graffiti you're referring yeah. to, just to be sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, uh, you know, he did that piece, he did this one, you know. And you saw these dudes in their circles and they were treated like kinks mm. in their own circles mm. because... Because of the pieces. They yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot of respect and, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's its own culture. Within their own culture, you know, mm. they're respected. 
And so me and my cousin, who's the same age as me, we always followed suit of no matter what they did. Because, you know, we were just the younger fellas. We just wanted to be like everybody sure, else. Sure, sure, sure. So, trying to be brought into the fold, establish yeah, your own identity. Yep. We got we got into the whole graph thing. And we were looking through our older cousin's stuff. We were raiding through his stuff, trying to find Marcus to go and tag shit with. And then we stumbled across in his bag these albums. There was um, Biggie Smalls' Ready to Die album. Great album. Tupac's mm -hmm. All Eyes on Me. Oh, and the the, Arguably a better album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the NWA Greatest Hits album. Not bad. Not bad. And then we were like, <laughs> you know, like, what's this? Like, I knew what rap was, sure. but didn't have a real deeper understanding of culture and all that, you know. But only sort of really through the, the biggest artists of the 2000s and early 2010s of the time, you know, like Eminem was in the sort of where his peak started to slope in that time. Artists like Lil Wayne, Drake was coming up then, you know, so we knew what rap was, but we weren't too involved with it. And you, then you hadn't heard real rap. Yeah. That's what it was, you know, because yeah. we, we literally stripped it back to bare basic with these albums. We went and just listened to all of them the whole way through. Yep. And, you know, went back to not quite the roots of the culture. It goes back it further. Is, but... It's so funny, bro. When those albums sort of came out, oh, man, they were so revolutionary. I do not scene. know how many copies of All Eyes on Me. I, I yeah. owned it on cassette. Bro, <laughs> right? And yeah. then I had my first two copies on CD stolen. Mm. That's how fucking hot that album was, right? Everybody wanted it. <laughs> so I had yeah. mine stolen too. Yeah. <laughs> Your album Did you steal mine? <laughs> Did you steal mine? <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, but um, changing scene of, of you know like uh, an industry um, that was in its fledgling states at that time, you know, yeah. like and you and you found that that pivotal moment where the industry sort of came into a like semi pop kind of yeah, there was a know, massive transition in play, massive at that transition, time. yeah, yeah, from from underground kind of like. There is rap, but you know we don't talk about it. Yeah, so like you know, it's brush on, it under the yeah, rug, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Those who know know, sort of situation. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so you find the album that that obviously sparks the fuse for you, right? Yeah. You start getting into it. You start enjoying the music. Start focusing a little bit more on that and yeah. the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so move flash forward then to your first experience getting to, I guess, start manipulating sounds and creating music and writing songs like how, well, do, you, how do you make that leap? my cousin straight away when he heard these albums he was like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be the greatest rapper of all time i'm gonna be a millionaire all this shit yeah and i didn't have any interest in rapping really at that time you know i was a big nerd kid was always into computers and all that sort of shit mm. so i wanted to know how the music itself was made mm -hmm. yep and yep, yep. We got we had this dodgy ass setup in the back room of my uncle's house. We had a um, an old karaoke CD recorder that you could record your drunk karaoke songs onto <laughs> on the blank CDs. <laughs> this cheap ass dollar store handheld plug-in mic that we stole. Yeah. <laughs> and and these external and these external speakers with a CD player on top that we had cranking around. Oh, so we, we picked it all up through the yeah, microphone. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. We thought we were king shit. Dynamic yeah, yeah, of course, because you heard your voice on the, the yeah, CD for the first yeah, time. Yeah, and then I'd rigged it all up, plugged it all in. We did a few tests and that. We got this big pile of blank discs from the reject <laughs> shop. <laughs> These blank discs. 
And um, yeah. fifty albums. In yeah, there. <laughs> and then we got <laughs> money, money. And then like, cause on the CDs back then, you know, there'd be usually a second one with the instrumental tracks on it. Yeah. So we thought we didn't know how to get beats any other way. So we're like, all right, we'll rap over the, just <laughs> yeah, these yeah, instrumentals. Yeah. Sure. We'll pop them in and, you know, select the beat and whatever and hit record. And then my cousin would just freestyle over them. Yep, yep. One and take. Then, yeah, literally. And then we'd just take the disc out, put it in the other CD player over there, listen to it on the speakers, be like, oh, fuck yeah, this is going to blow up. <laughs> but then we, we, we didn't get far enough to think, oh, how do we get this out? How do we make people listen to it? We just instantly thought people were going to hear it and just know... What was going on? So, Bro, do you still have some of those CDs? I could, If I got into contact with him, I could probably get him to scrounge some of them together. Bro, just you, that's that sort of shit you need to keep. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd be yeah. very scared to listen to some of them, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. But yeah, then we did that for a while. It was more just something fun that we'd do. And then one day my cousin was freestyling, but at this point... We discovered sites on the internet where you could get free beats and you, that we could rip them from YouTube and all that sort of shit. And we ripped this um, this old little Wayne beat, and we had it play. I had we had this laptop, an old laptop that was in a pile of shit that we set up, and it had this real bare bones, basic like vocal tracking program on it. Yeah, I don't even remember what it was called. I remember it was Ass though. Windows recorder. <laughs> yeah, it was on par with Windows recorder. It wasn't much better. And then, yeah, we'd like just loop a portion of the beat and then just record vo raw yeah. vocals over it. Doing whatever. Because that's a step up at yeah. that point, well, that's, right? That's yeah, that's what we did it's when the, we started. That's exactly and then what just we did. With you're, one of you're those mirroring desktop exactly. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. like the meeting yeah, microphones. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we um, would literally just bounce the raw MP3s and just go around showing everyone on an iPod <laughs> and been like, listen to this, this is dope, you know, we're the greatest, whatever. And then, yeah, my cousin had tried to peer pressure me for weeks about rapping. He's like, you got to stop doing this button pressing shit. you got to try this rhyming, you know. And I'd, I'd thought about it away from them previously and was like, ah, oh, you know, I could, I could do this. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a go. And then we looped this beat and I just started rhyming. I couldn't even tell you one word. <laughs> of what I spat but I freestyled for like 10 minutes and he, he was just like oh shit that was hard you're the greatest <laughs> you know and then that's from there I was like okay maybe I maybe I can do this it's not it's not so hard yeah because yeah. then at that point we didn't even know writtens were existed in our heads these rappers just rocked up to the studio and spat <laughs> off the top and we're like oh, I'm done I'm out album complete <laughs> so we'd never even thought about writtens and then yeah it kind of went from there okay so and that's how that's how you personally got exposed to yeah. that like so that you were performing in a way right yeah, yeah it was a yeah. different different backstory than you usually hear with most rappers you know i was raised by the culture my dad was a rapper my dad's dad was a rapper all that shit you know mm. it wasn't like that i was actually introduced to it pretty later on okay so you know insert you know early life montage here you know the gear gets better uh, you you develop your skills in writing music yeah. and, and um, producing music. Yeah. Um, there there's something else that happens here. It's an opportunity that is to the present next itself, rung on right? the ladder. And what what's that? 
I'm where, asking you as though like, I was still, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was still <laughs> I was still sort of just doing music as a hobby. Sure. But at this point I had a better laptop, you know, I had some legit software, mm-hmm. was getting some gear together because you know, at the time I was working minimum wage at Domino's. Sure. So just about every cent I had went on whatever. Mm. And then I was making beats at that point and I took this music production class in school thinking it was going to help me. I was sure. in year 8 at the time. And, but my music teacher, she was a bitch. Sure. And real, like, way outdated image on music. Yeah. yeah. And she'd always say to me, oh. Kind of like you two. <laughs> right there. I'm just thinking about you and me, babes. And she's like, us. oh, you know, rappers are uneducated thugs. You know, you need to give up on this rap stuff. It's not real music, whatever. And sure. then. If you don't learn classical scores and you don't learn how to compose and all this, you can never call yourself a musician. And espe- especially back then, I had a real bad temper problem. And sure. you went. This is <laughs> yeah, in different words. Yeah, I pretty much just said to her like, "Fuck you, watch me." Yeah. And then at that point, that's when I was like, "No, nah, I, I had this anger for everyone that would knock me for what I was doing." Sure. So I was like, I'm going to do this. This became sort of my early drive to yeah. take it somewhat seriously. Yeah. I'm going to prove all you fuckers wrong that I can do this without classical scores. And, and I mean, it's a pretty repetitive theme, right? With young yeah. artists, especially, right? Like that. And not just artists, sportsmen, whatever. Like, yeah, um, you know, sure. professionals, even businessmen. Like, you know, you, the odds are stacked against you. And so then you've got something to prove in the sense of to yourself, if no one else, yeah. you know, that you can yeah, yeah. do it and you're going to show everybody wrong, right? And that's, that's a very typical theme that you see amongst um, successful people as well, right? There, There is that motivation that's, been brought on spurred on from you know yeah the outside i developed that drive okay oh, pardon me all right mm. so all right when what's the catalyst then from from you casually making music and fucking around and becoming better as an artist and and all that what what happens in the chain of events that that you know you you get some gigs first of all no i was at the, at the time, around the same time that I had the, the run-in with the teacher, mm. I was learning because I hadn't put any music out yet. I was just making beats and writing rhymes. Sure. I didn't understand at the time. Engineering vocals was like Chinese to me. You know, I didn't understand it at all. Yep. And I, I couldn't afford studio time. It was too expensive. I didn't know where to look. Yep. And the people that I could get in contact with to do it for me, they were too expensive to do it for me as well. Sure. So I started to teach myself. You know, I got this cheap mic kit from a music shop with the little interface and all that. And just through YouTube and reading up and that, I learned the basics of just how to lay my vocals down. Yep. And then I started putting stuff out on my personal Facebook account. There was an old account that I don't have anymore. Yep. And, you know, people would start... It was literally just raw vocals over a beat, you know, no mix, no nothing. Yeah. But people were into it, and a lot of people were actually into it from the get-go. And I was like, wow, you know, this is this is all right. I was a bit nervous at first, you know, I'd never done this before, and people are giving me some respect and saying, good on you, you know, you're doing good. Put a bit of wind in your sails, so to speak, yeah. right? Because, mm-hmm. like, encouragement is yeah. huge to a young artist. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then I put maybe six, seven tracks out, at, you know, what I called a track then was like a minute and a half long verse and a bit, 
with a beat cut off. And then around the same time, I left school. I was literally just before I turned 15 because, like, I used to get into a fair bit of trouble at school, was put in behaviour classes and... So you were put into behaviour classes because... I just didn't want to be there. Sure, sure, sure. I just... Any diagnosis of any issues? Not at that point. Sure, sure, Later sure. on in life, I went and... I went and I was seeking therapy and got some answers to some questions. Sure. Another, the other reason I comment or ask is because that's another quite a common theme, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for myself, I'm, I'm super creative as well. Anything I can do, draw, make, like we've always been making shit, me and Paz, yeah. and it's like that. Yeah, yeah, you and yeah. I were having a chat earlier about creative outlets being like a, almost soothing. Exhibit A. Exactly, right? Yeah. Um, and, and like for me, like now I wasn't, di- well, well, a childhood diagnosis I had was called hyperactivity. Right. right now, that's a blanket term now for I guess ADD, ADHD. Yeah, and yeah, the rest yeah, of that yeah, shit. And yeah. Later on in life, like I've discovered that definitely ODD, you know, yeah. oppositional defiance disorder yeah. is a huge one, to the point where like I, I can't stand the idea of things. You know, it doesn't yeah. even have to yeah. happen to me. I can't even stand thinking about some yeah. things. You yeah, know? I'm with you. And so like that is a huge motivator, right? As well, like yeah. that to that creative output. Yeah. You, do you find that? Yeah, but then at that point. The principal of my school was sick and tired of my shit. Sure. You know, I, 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 <laughs> Same I, old song, I, yeah. I never went to school when I did. I yeah. was running amok, doing whatever. And then he said, look, to make it easier on you so we don't fuck up your chances in the future, mm. we're going to give you the option yeah. to get signed out of school and you go do your own you thing. expelled. Or we're kicking you out. Yeah. And I was sure. like, oh, sweet. See you later. Where the fuck, where the fuck do I sign? I'm yeah. out of here. So what year were you in? I just started year nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So quite young school leaver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right on. Okay. Are you obviously quite bright? Like, you know, you sent us a, a text document that you typed up. You typed up yourself, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, Quite articulated. Um, and in terms of, like, almost poetic at times, actually, while I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, shit, this is like... It's got layers. Like yeah, it's see, actually it's actually pretty pretty good writing actually. Throughout yeah. school I never struggled academically. It was never an issue. Like throughout primary school I was usually top of the class in most subjects. Yep. In high school I was like on a roll English. You know, did alright in other subjects and was pretty above average at the most point. It was just I did not want to be there. The I, system didn't work for Yeah, you. I didn't see a purpose in me being there. The way mm. I saw it was it's like, okay, I leave school get into university, have a million dollars debt that I'm paying off for the rest of my life to pay off a loan in a mm. dead-end job that I'm going to hate. Mm. Like, I would rather build something for myself and make something of myself with my own two hands than have my hand held and going, okay, this is what you should do. This is what everyone does, you know. I wanted to just do my own thing and be my own person. Definitely, definitely. Now, um, as a result of... I'm, I'm going to assume you're... Um, apparent skill level and also your early experience being indoctrinated into some kind of um, commercial thing with the with the dancing right right you you moved in a very specific direction with your music can you tell us what what happened there well after I left school I had I didn't really have any direction because I still really didn't understand what it was to be an artist or to really make music at heart. You know, I would just 
make beats, write rhymes, record them, repeat sort of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? It was just, it becomes subconscious at that point. And then after I left school, I was, I had, because then when I wasn't at school, I was able to work a bit more. I picked up some side work, you know, working for my dad. More he, money. He'd give me some cash on the side, you know. And then I thought, you know, I can, I've got enough. I think I've got enough. I'm going to try and, you know, record a demo or something with a studio, with professionals. Sure. And I was looking for studios, you know, within a certain radius. Yeah. And then I came across this artist development company. Yeah. And reached out to them and was like, you know, I, I want to record a demo. What are your rates? How does it work? Whatever. Yeah. And then they said, look, let, just come down. Let's have a chat. Sure. Forget about prices at the moment. Yeah. And then when I got down there, they were like, we said that because we want to see how serious you are about this, where you want to take it. And I said straight up, honestly, I don't know where I want to take it. I'm just winging it at the moment. You know, I don't have real, any real guidance. I'm, I'm new to this shit. Sure. And then they were like, but you've taken the first step to reach out. Sure. So there's obviously some drive there, some fire, you know, there's some fuel going into that fire. Yeah. How about we don't, we don't charge you to record your demo here. Could you come and attend some of our programs? Sure, okay. To help build Sweet. you as an artist, you know? Yep. Opportunity number yeah. one. And All then right. I was like, okay, that sounds dope. You know, they were like, oh, you get to mingle, collaborate with other people, learn yep. some stuff along the way. I was like, it's a win-win, you know? It's free. I can't go wrong. Yeah. You know? Okay. And then you start participating. You get your demo recorded. But see, yeah. this is the, the, it's interesting because it was a, it's a totally different direction to what Lunchy and I went, and it's a totally different direction yeah. to a lot of artists that I've had experience with, and I, I feel like that that does sort of drive home like this. Okay, you there's obviously some skill there, right? Like, yeah. and not like Lunchy and I, you know. Like, no, <laughs> we, we like, didn't stop winging it even when we yeah, were performing yeah, yeah. at paid gigs. <laughs> we um, just kind of. <laughs> yeah, and and um and and so like these guys sort of took you in because. They could see something. Yeah. They could see something. Yeah. Right? Right? So how did that pan out? Well, then, over the course of the sort of next 18 months, I would come regularly to their programs. They would do a couple of different programs a week, you know, once every couple of months. They might do a panel or whatever. You could ask questions, Mm. open days, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, in the process, I've met some producers and artists and stuff that would help me as well as well as with the programs to get my shit together and start to look at the things from the bigger picture yeah and to uh, hone my production skills I, I learned engineering properly you know the inner workings of a studio all that kind of stuff yeah and i learned that there's a whole science to music than just music vocals mashed together out you know yeah. Yeah. so i really started to study the science and became a real perfectionist for it yeah yeah and I, I've, I've, we've listened to some of your music. Like the mixing is, it's on point. Fantastic. Like it's as good as anything that I could have produced at the peak of our experience. Like, and and I, I had some pretty good gear, you know. Like, yeah. and, and you know, I was producing for artists, and I was recording them in my studio, and I was mastering their records, and that, like, the stuff that you pumped out, and you're fucking nineteen. Right, younger. Yeah, unbelievable. I was younger. Most younger. of that stuff. Yeah, yeah by yep. contrast. Yeah, it's it's and on point. Most like, of that it stuff sounds good. Most of that stuff was done in wardrobes with shoe boxes full of fucking socks and bed sheets and shit. <laughs> so a lot more EQing. Yeah, yeah, and then but that's where my perfectionist Steve sort of came 
into it where I was like, no, nah, it sounds like shit. I need to squash the bad out and make it perfect. And then when I got into these better environments and was with better gear and, you know, better acoustics and all that, that's I'd still really try and hone it to the best I could. Yep. Another trait of somebody with OCD almost. Yeah. Right? That's why I ask about it. Yeah. There, are, yeah there, there has to be something that separates people from people that are good to people who are going towards perfection, right? Mm. And sometimes what could be construed to be a deficit originally yeah. works out to be your best friend. Yeah, for sure. Right? It's interesting. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's like a glass half full. Yeah, half empty that's right. So yeah. how do you see it? That's yeah. is it a tool or is it a is it an anchor hanging from your foot? And that's I guess it's something tool. for you to develop. It's a tool, yeah, for mind, sure. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. a tool for JK. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Right and then yeah. they came to me. They had they had like the staff that would work there and you know mentor the artists and that. But then they had like the board that would make the big decisions. Sure. And then one of the board members I'd met once or twice previously just around come to me and said hey we got this we got this bridging industry bridging program with a major label group you know you apply we got a, a application thing you do online submit it through we read it through whatever if you get picked you get picked and you get to go and spend some time with these proper industry people in their in you know in their habitat and they'll teach you how to grow yourself as an artist and what labels look for and you know all that kind of stuff inside tricks yeah. yeah and i was like shit yeah sign me up and then I, I did the application process everything got approved and then we spent four days i believe down at these headquarters yep so you got approved and and you you ship off to the headquarters yeah what's happening there what's that all about um not a whole lot mm. It was pretty simple. I got a phone call saying, you know, you're in, whatever. Yep. Free these dates. Yep. We'll meet here. We'll yep. travel down there. Yep. Say hello to everyone that got in from interstate as well. You know, get yep. you guys acquainted and then we'll head in there and we'll do our thing. Sure. Okay. And then, you know, I spent the, the couple of days there, came back home. Yep. And then they'd email us with the these little hypothetical scenario tasks. Yes as things you would encounter in the industry as someone who's developing artists or as a developing artist. To gauge how you would respond to yeah, that so that they yeah. can see where and you then, are yeah, and as then far as you There was no right or wrong answers, sure. you know. They, if you needed some work in some areas, your mentors from your sector would be like, hey, look. So they maybe, assess your answers yeah. and then they, yeah, okay. Did any one of them sound like your manager calls you into his office and says... Pull your pants down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Because how do you answer a question like that? Look, look, I believe Harvey Weinstein just got into some hot water for shit yeah, like that. Figuratively <laughs> speaking, the entire industry's got their pants down 24-7. <laughs> but on an, in an on-paper scenario, I can't say I encountered it. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. But, so they're assessing you constantly. Yeah, and they're yeah. just trying to see where you are Where you're at artist, and right? whether you're ready All to right, take so the I'm, next step. I'm assuming that, that, you know, that you follow the process, yeah. right? Did in in your character, you just kind of, you, you beat to that drum and, and you move forward. Yeah. What happens next? Did that for 12 months. Yep. Graduated the program. Yes. And then because it was a major label sure. that was running the pro this bridging program. Yes. Myself and another person from our group of graduates, you can call it our class, whatever, 
were selected to attend this big Spotify award show in their headquarters, big penthouse joint, harbour views. Yeah, it was nice, cool. Nice. You know, you got cocktail waiters coming around. You know, giving, all alive. Yeah, yeah, it was sick. Like, you yeah. know, I went and got a three-piece suit and everything to rock up there. You know, I'd never <laughs> yeah. worn a suit in my life. I was this Hauso kid, but I was like, no, this is sick. And then. We, um, the newspaper were there, Channel 10 News were there yeah. because there were big artists there. And they're covering the event. Yeah. And then they said, oh, hey, you guys are from the, the such and such program. And I said, yeah. Yeah. And they said, oh, do you mind speaking to us for a few minutes about, you know, what you've done, where you're going? All that? Sure. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. gave them the rundown, whatever. And then we got these momentums of graduation i guess we got little pendant medal thing you know sure, 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 certificate sure. all that it was pretty flash and then back to business as usual at the development company sure but at this point i guess i was kind of what you'd consider a senior artist yep so i'd sort of i've been through the ringer there i, I knew the sort of stuff they taught inside out yeah so i was, knew the business yeah. that they were they, they were about yeah so that's right speak. so yeah, I, yeah. I would help out with other developing artists you know give a bit them of a, a mentor role yeah give yeah. them a helping hand here or there wherever advice whatever they needed oh hey you know my mix sounds like shit can you come show me what i'm doing wrong yeah sure whatever yeah that sort of thing okay and then i did that for another two years yeah just sort of same shit different day in that process though i'd met two dudes right there that had come through as you know developing undiscovered artists right that i later founded the mob music collective with that we still run and run with today sure 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 but sure at that point i was kind of just assigned to oversee them you know just sort of pop your head in every now and again see how they're going yeah you know give them a bit of guidance drop some knowledge on them if they need it sort of gig and then yeah, and then they approached the board, approached me again two years later mm. and said, hey, look, there's this other program, but it's the real deal. Right. Like, if you play your cards right here, this will be your big break. Sure. Okay. Because at the end of this, mu you know, you're working on music this time. Yeah. Mm. Your yeah. your sound will be heard. You're getting put out into the world. Yeah. And then, but it was it was with a, another label group. Right, different Mu label. Yeah, much bigger label Not, group. Oh, okay, major label yeah. at that point. Yeah, huge. They both were major, but in terms of you know competition, the second one were overpowers the other. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and same sort of jazz application, all that, but less people were selected for this one. It was only five people instead of ten. Sure. So myself and four others. There was two from New South Wales. One from Queensland, one from Melbourne, I think, and maybe another one from Queensland. Sure, sure. So, so you're pumped at that point, Yeah, because right? I'm like, Because that's right. your next rung on the ladder yeah. for your mind. You're in. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what it was like. It was like, I... Hard work yeah. is paying it was off. And like, in my mind... of my labour so far, yeah. I was literally like, I will kill someone that steps in my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you got the motivation, the drive, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like, there was nothing in my way that was going to stop me. Yeah. At all. Yep. And then, yeah, we... Did the same sort of jazz, got told, oh, you know, free these dates up, you yep. know, whatever. We went down there for one day down to the, the headquarters, yep. met up with the interstate guys, hey, how you going, whatever. Yep. And then we went up to this boardroom. Right. And we're discussing, they're laying out what we're going to do. Right. Okay, we're, we're building a single here. Yep. You guys are going to do everything that we do. Yep. 
like the on one condition. Yeah, the exact. You pull down your pants. No, <laughs> go go go! Sorry, I'm yeah, no. comedy break. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then they're like. You guys are going to do everything that we do as A&R and yeah. managers, all that stuff, but you're also going to finesse your stuff as musicians, producers, engineers, whatever the fuck you do. Yeah. And in they in like, a studio, like in a, in a we, proper... We went all over the shop. Yeah, right. I've met a few different Grammy-nominated producers, hung out with some big sound engineers, you know, went to these big studios with gold plaques everywhere, you know, there was yeah. the real deal type shit. And... Um, but yeah, then we sort of started from scratch. We had, you know, artists and stuff. We had to interview and do the whole process with. We then collectively decide who was going to be the one to represent the song. Ra mm. ra ra, and then we built the song over, you know, course of a little bit. Mm-hmm. The, this happened over a twelve-month period, like this whole thing. We built the song. We worked out the marketing campaign, how that was all going to work, how we're going to put it out, where we're going to put it out, who we're targeting, yep. all that shit. And then from there, the song came out, you know, it was published through a big ass label. So naturally, it didn't need much of a kick in the ass to get a bit of traction. Yep. You know, it wasn't no chart top and stuff, but it, it got a bit of traction enough for us to get a bit of exposure as ourselves sure. and for the the development company we were working with, you know, because sure. it was a whole partnership thing and all that. I got invited back to the Spotify award show. Right. I thought it was just another typical run-of-the-mill like I did last time. Oh, you know, here's a participation award. Same. I mean, yeah, participation award, good boy, pat on the head and off you go sort of thing. Yeah. But it wasn't. They had nothing to do with it. Spotify said, right, he was, you know, he served this role on the track. Yeah. And then I got a plaque for it. I got a genuine award yeah, at the Spotify right. award show. Yeah, right. And it was dope. Mm. Sick. Yeah, and then Sick. from there was when things... The storm cloud started to appear. Have you got that on your mantle at home? I've got it in a box because I'm packed up to move. Uh, Ah, ready to move house. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so, so the storm cloud. So yeah. Because so far, I mean, you've done well at that point yeah right? You've done yeah really i had well. i was and, on top and, of the world aspiring the, yeah the, the path road in front of yeah me, yeah right that that yeah here we go here you're we go. moving up as opposed to down yeah right so tell me what happens what next? starts to sour this this deal well, does yeah. it sour? let's find out yeah. well back at the this at this time this was early 2020 yep Back at the development company, yep. two of the staff members there that were actually like paid staff and industry people and the mentors to these artists, I'd become really close with, you know, on, sure. a, on a mate-to-mate level outside of the... Friendship, yep. Yeah, outside of the, outside of the company, yep. outside of the four walls. And they came to me and said, look, we want you, we're not going to tell you that you have to, it's your choice to make. If I was you pack your bags and fucking run from what's about to happen here. Right. And I was like, whoa. Always a good sign. Yeah, I was like, whoa, what's going on here? They were like, look, we're about to throw our jobs in because the big boss upstairs, you know, he's decided that we're going to take this into a whole different direction, this company. We're cutting ties with the major labels. We're not doing the bridging programs. We're not teaching no more, none of that. We're straight up, he wants to turn us into a fucking cash-making machine to exploit yeah. yeah to exploit young artists that have no direction 
and direct them in the wrong way with a blindfold over their eyes sort of get up. Mm. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to borrow that. I'm going to see how things go. The minute I see a red flag, I'm running. Sure. You got my word for it. You know, I'm not going to get dragged through that. And then a couple of other artists there that kind of like the senior artists like myself that I'd gone through there, we'd done the courses with everything else, we had been approached by some of the board members and the big boss mm. and said, hey, help us rope some impressionable talent in, mm. saying, you know, oh, you know, this can be your big break. They, they know label people, all this, so we can suss them out. And if they're good enough, we'll give them a deal that benefits us and kicks them in the ass. It was like shady as hell. I'm not sure what the exact details of the deals were, but I know it was along the lines of like, okay, yeah, I'll scratch my back. I mean, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, sort of get up. Um, we'll produce your music, we'll record it, we'll put it out. We've got a big network, all that, but it ain't your music. It's ours. You don't see a dime from it. You want to play shows, that's great. We're taking everything. And we own you. Sounds like a good deal. <laughs> and, you know, to a young artist that didn't understand the industry, they'd go, fuck yeah, this is awesome. You know, these Get people are there. taking notice of me mm -hmm. in an industry that's so hard to be taken notice of. I'll jump at the chance. So these guys that had come and told me about what they were asked to do, it said, man, we're done. We're out of here. And I was like, no, nah, fuck this. I am too. I don't want to be okay. roped into this. So you bounce at that yeah, point. There was one more step before I bounced. I went to the two guys that I now run my collective with and said to them, hey, this is what's going on. You know, you guys do you. But you just want to come with me. We get the fuck out of here. Everything's above board, legit. No one's, you know, kicking each other in the ass. No Freeway one's split. Yeah. Mm fully even it still is to this day and they were like yep yeah, let's do it let's do our own thing we don't need these people you know we've got the resources we need we've met the people you know we've met people that can help us we've got knowledge behind what we do mm. we split from them then there's the start of mob music our collective okay all right and that brings you pretty close to current yeah right? yeah. yeah 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 so there's a lot to unpack there because um it was a setback for you, right? A huge setback. And you kind of felt like you were taken advantage of or that something happened that, like, you know, largely beyond your control, but you left a sour taste about the industry in your mouth, yeah? Not at that point. At, that, at this point in time, I knew I was about to be taken advantage of if I didn't pump a runner and get out of there. Mm. So I did. Everything was great. Mm. We launched the collective, you know, we had some backing and some help from... Other people were putting music out. Everything was great. Okay. Then I was contacted by this A&R rep from um, the first label I did a bridging program with way back. And he said, hey, man, you know, because I'd, I'd been speaking to him back and forward over the past couple of years about life, music, whatever. And he said, hey, man, there's this European label. They're a German-based electronic music label house music mm. dance all that shit he said they're starting up here and i've been tasked by our label to sort of oversee them and help them get set up on their feet and he was like i know dance music's not really your thing and i was like then why the fuck are you telling me mm. sort of thing and 
he was like, hear me out. This could be a good opportunity for you because in Europe they have a they have a big following. You know, on the YouTube, you know, some of the some of the songs they put out, three million streams, five million streams, big numbers. He was like, I know that, you know, back when you used to do a bit of DJing and that, you used to make some of the dance stuff, all that, you know, I know you'd be capable of it. And it was more of a they were looking for collaborative producers to come together and make stuff together. You know, it wasn't this all this weight wasn't going to be entirely on my shoulders. And he said, right, how about I get you in contact, you see what they have to say, and then we'll see where we go from there. I was like, all right, cool. Opportunity number two. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I thought, sweet, this is going to be another foot in the door for me. I started speaking to who was in charge of running things here for this European label. Sort of the same thing I'd spoken about with the Australian A&R rep. And that then they were like, in the long run, we'll give you a chance to plug your music mm. through us. You know, we've got a big fan base. You can help collaborate on projects. We'll give you producer credits. Mm. You know, we'll hype you up. And then when the time's right, you can pump some of your stuff out with us. You know, we don't just do dance music. It's just our specialty. Yeah. So, you know, I was blind to it around this time. You know, I found out I was going to be a dad. Wow. So I was like, okay, shit, I need to... Money. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw dollar signs jumped on it without even thinking about it. What sort of dollar signs? Five-figure dollar signs. Yeah, right. So it was, it, you know, it's not super major in terms of the industry, but for what I needed at the time, desperation. It was Bill Gates money. Yeah. Oh man. And then that's get it where you can. That's that. Yeah. Seventeen, sixteen. Yeah. They're making that sort of money. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I just, you know, I just turned 18, you know, and didn't have any other direction in the world. So I was like, okay, shit, you know, this will help. And then all was well for a while. You know, they'd send me projects and stuff and be like, oh, you know, you hear something you want to put on there, put it on there, send it back, whatever. Did that for a while. And then they just started using and abusing me. Mm. They would send me 40 full length fucking song projects full stems and everything, they'd maybe like, oh, we need mix you to mix down. this track mm. down, we want you to build a drop here, whatever, and we want it done by tomorrow. And you're contracted at this point. Yeah, right? I was. I was under a two-year contract at this point, yeah. so I had no choice but to do what I was told. I didn't want to get into trouble and jeopardize So that doesn't anything. sound like much fun. No, it wasn't. Mm. And that's where my hate for the industry started to develop. Mm. And because something I once loved doing, being making music, was a chore. Now you're doing it in anger. I'm doing it because I've got no fucking choice. Yeah. You know, there's a metaphorical gun in the back of my head saying, do it. Yeah. And it changed my outlook on everything. And that's where that sour taste really came from mm. for the industry. Right. So how does that story, how does that opportunity end then? Because that's a bad situation to be in. Right? Well, yeah. Doing something against your will almost. Uh, my, out of necessity. My my exit point, you could say, where I was like, yep, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to get screwed hard here more than I already have, was when I'd had enough about... I mean, I'd had enough of not being credited, you know, given what I was due. Yeah. I contacted the same person that, that had put me onto this joint from the European label, and... He was like, oh, yeah, um, all I can offer you 
is that we we distribute through a third party distributor because you know we're not too big here in Australia at the moment. Ra ra ra. We'll link you up with them guys and we'll give you ten percent of your own music. And I was like, like fuck. Mm-hmm. And I had a mate at the time who was studying music law. One of the guys that I went through the development company with, he music got mo- he got more right. in he yeah. got more into <laughs> the courtroom contract side of shit. And he was like, let me have a look over what they've done. Mm. I sent it to him and he said, look, I've looked at it. I've got other people to look at it. This is wrong. You need to get out of there. There's nothing in here that's going to benefit you. Mm. They're going to drain you for everything you got. At the end of the two years, they're either going to make you sign a bigger contract or kick you in the ass with nothing. Mm. So I was like, okay, shit. I had a little bit of money left over from the advance that they'd given me. And then I spent some time over the next sort of month or two scraping to get back to a point where I was able to buy myself out. You had to buy yourself out of this yeah. contract? Yeah. Because it was either that or I just defied what they wanted me to do and I'd end up getting sued for more. Mm-hmm. Prickly so, situation for anybody, let alone an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my mate that was studying music law was like, don't worry about buying yourself out because you don't have any music out with them that you're going to have contract or you know release disputes over. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple of 10-second drum loops or mix credits on a song. Mm. You know what I mean? It's no big loss. So that's when I was like, no, nah, I'm out. I contacted him, said, I'm out. I'm done. You know, I've got your, I've got your money. Mm-hmm. Let me go. I got let go. And then around the same time sort of overlapping was when my son was born. Mm-hmm. So my world kind of got dumped on its head, you know. Mm. I was young, had to grow up real fast. Yeah. Learning to be a dad for the first time. I had to push my priorities back a bit. Yeah. And, you know, then I, at this point in time, I hated music as a whole for what it did to me. Mm. That's the way I viewed it at the time. You know, I, it's not what music did to me. I was being taken advantage of. Yes. And, yeah, it got to a point where I'd spend that long inside, just in front of a screen in the dark, I'd go outside and have panic attacks because I'd get hit with major sensory overload Mm -hmm. because of everything that was going on around me. Mm -hmm. And I developed severe social anxiety that I struggled to shake for a long time because I've always been a social outgoing person. You know, like I could walk into a room and talk to anyone about anything usually. Yeah. But at that point, I was just a shell of my former self. How long ago was this? Late 2020. So literally... Not not long ago, yeah. Long yeah. Mm. Wow. And then I started to build a bit more confidence up after this. You know, I convinced myself it wasn't my fault, you know. I was used. Mm. I'm going to stick to being independent, you know. No more label bullshit. I can be my own boss, work my own hours, do what I love because I enjoy it. Mm. And then things were going well. I'd put out some more tracks, whatever. And then January of last year, a good mate of mine passed away. And it shook me pretty bad. Mm. And at this point, from sort of where my mate passed away, all the way back to me signing with this European label, I hadn't put out any of my own music in a year Mm. because I was so flat out, you know, I'd ask about it. No, 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 it's not your time. It's not your time. It's not your time. And then, yeah, my mate died. And then the little bit of confidence I'd gotten back straight down to ground zero. Mm. 
and then it shook me up bad and then I spent another year really recovering from everything I'd endured. I just decided I need to take a year off. Mm. You know, I need to prioritise myself, my mental health, you know. I, I've got to prioritise my child, you know. Mm. I've, got to, I've got to do this not just for my eyes now because there's a second set of eyes watching everything I do and soaking up these behaviour patterns, you know. I'm thinking yeah. not just for myself anymore. Mm. And then... Yeah, and then... So before our listeners start fucking lining up to jump into the Sarko, give us, give us a bit of positivity. Where yeah. do you go from there, man? And then, you know, things started to look up. Again, things were going great. I was proud of who I was. You know, I'd gotten my life back on track. You know, parenthood saved me. Yeah. That's what it was. I had to drag myself out yeah, of the Yeah, because you've got to be somebody for somebody that's else. That's right, and that's, yeah. what, that's what helped me. And for then, sure. It's a big motivator. Yeah. It'll get you off your feet. Yeah, on back onto your feet yeah. more so and it'll get you moving again. That's excellent, right? Yeah. Like op- that's an opportunity. Right? Yeah. In its own massive right. opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, but then the boys on the collective, they were starting to want to make their own music again and that. So I was producing and engineering for them again, putting their stuff out, mm. whatever, and then I just got this sudden hit of motivation and I was like, It's time for me to have a comeback, you know? And when was that? That was probably November last year. Yeah, right. And then I was just non-stop. I was making beats because I wanted to. Yeah. I was making all these beats, writing all these rhymes, recording all these stems and that. Found your passion for it again. Yeah, I, mm. fell, in, I fell in love with it all over again, but in a, on a whole different level because yeah, I was right. seeing it through different eyes this time. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then this year came around. I saw an opportunity literally just out of the blue i had a spare slot in my day i was like all right i'm putting a track out you know i'm Mm. getting back on there and i'm getting back to consistency i'm getting back to doing this for me and looking out for me and me only really with my music you know i'm not going to let anyone else intervene with it anymore so then here we are are you committing to a schedule of um posting like content like um you know tracks way ahead of you yeah yeah, see, I thought to myself, I'm going to burn myself out again. If, if I go too hard. If I sit there and go, oh, I need to record a track once every two weeks. Yes. So I went, okay, I'm going to spend three whole weeks making 25, 30 songs. I got them all in the vault. And then whenever I want to roll one out over a consistent period, I can just do that. Right. <laughs> So double, that way, double down. <laughs> yeah, it's a, 25 songs in three weeks. Yeah. Monster. Because yeah. I've got writings coming out my ass that I hadn't used from youngs ago. Yeah, I, I got back catalog. I got right? hard drives and hard drives full of beats and stuff. So it was yeah. just a matter of fact of going, oh, yeah, this beat works. These lyrics work. This is yeah. hard. All right, let's do it. Fuck so yeah. then I worked myself, you know, that one time. Yeah. I had to kick myself in the ass just that once. And then now I can relax again. And yeah. enjoy life and enjoy my music for what it is. Yeah. I'm not always stressing about it. I can roll things out. I can do it over a consistent period of time. Well, see, that, that that's that backing, isn't it? That backing that you had industry exposure. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's that that platform that a lot of artists out there don't have. And you know arguably I mean? wouldn't have without the... The discipline. The, the, the experiences that you've had. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's so where I learned So once again, it. your devils may be your angels. Yeah, just that's right. You yeah. just don't know, right? We're talking before the episode, you know, like something as devastating as that, 
that that happened to you, right? Yeah. With with regard to your music, and um, you know, if you were going to pick a time for that to happen, you could want it to happen when you're young. Yeah, that's right. right? Because yeah. like you you learnt so much in such a compressed period of time. Yeah. You know that like now it's like clear skies. Now, oh yeah. Now you can do yeah. whatever you whatever it is you want. The world's my oyster at this point. Yeah. 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 And that's how I've been saying it lately. So fuck, I hope you blow up, bro. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you you deserve it certainly, right? Yeah. Um, and if not, you got a hell of a story to tell. Yeah, that's right? for sure. So, like, Start writing books or yeah. something. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Always have a plan B. Um, and so like. For for interested parties, uh, listeners, namely, where do they find your your new work? Where where can we direct them? Um, I could give out a hundred different links, but I won't. Sure. The easiest way to find me is looking up my Linktree username. You just go to linktree.com and then search in my username, which is JK underscore MOB. Yep. And it will redirect you to wherever you and want to we'll listen to it. we'll put the link in the description of this episode so people can... All right. Linktree. No just, just a little tool, guys. Just like, a, yeah, Linktree. Yeah, Who ever heard of Linktree? Whoever, whoever heard of Linktree, but it's super cool. It's great. Yeah, very, very... Super cool. Yeah. Like, all, your, all your links there, no advertising. Yeah. Nothing. Not a sponsor, like, by oh. the way. I feel like they should pay us, right? <laughs> and it's all free, too. That's the best thing about it. There's other services like that, but they charge, you know, monthly fees or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. There is a paid version. Yeah. I don't know what it's about. Sure. I've yeah. never paid for it. Yeah. The yeah, free yeah. version will survive. Yeah, it's wonderful. We should get a link tree. Yeah. All right. Let's Most link definitely. tree it up, perhaps. Um, JK, is there something you want to add? Is there anything like... like? Can uh, you impart any knowledge to... to? Sorry, perhaps I just hijacked it's all right. the question, right? It's okay. But like, I feel like it's super important, right, hearing your story. And like, it's a hell of a thing to go through. Um, any advice that you might be able to give somebody, an artist in particular? Most definitely. Um, just as far as like, yeah, you know, how to maybe, because there's a, some essential learning in your story that couldn't have happened in the other what's, day. Tell, tell, but, tell an artist, like what's the first steps, even if they're already rapping, like what, what's the, what's the basis that they should build the rest of their career on? Like what, what, what they, should they be doing? Take the idea out of your head that you're going to blow up any day now. You've yep. got the yep. rest of your entire life to be a successful artist. Yeah. Knowledge is power and with knowledge comes better chances at making your big break. Buckle down and study the industry inside and out so you know what to look for. Mm. You know the telltale signs of a bad deal or you're being scammed or anything like that. You know, we're in an era where you've got a record label in your pocket or on your desk at home. Everything these label people do, you can do as well. They've just got more money to put into it to put it on a bigger scale. Mm. Study the fuck out of it. Mm. And yeah. if you do decide to go the industry route with these mainstream labels and stuff, never sign to a DJ, producer, or an artist mm. because you're going to get double screwed because then your money's getting washed through 10 different more parties' hands before it's reaching you. Mm. If you're going to sign to a label, you sign... Get some legal advice first. Get some legal advice and sign to the label. Yeah. Not an artist on that label. Probably not act out of desperation. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. That was my biggest downfall. Hmm. You got to really take a step back and think logically with it because it will fucking haunt you. Wow. There's no doubt about it. It will bite you on the ass. 
powerful message. Powerful story. It is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm excited for you, man. Yeah. I really yeah, am, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I've, look, I'm, I don't want to under under talk any of the artists that we've, we've ever no, done no, work no, with. No, 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 no. We've like, had some, yeah. There is a difference with you. Like there's, yes. there's a, there um, is a unique quality about you that that has the ability to set you apart. I think that's what you're saying, right, Bams? Well, it, there's a there's a learning that's come yes. that that um, I believe is is going to set you up. Like, and we've listened to your stuff. Like, and I hope if our listeners take a minute and just check it out, it won't take long. Go right? go to link. Like, we'll leave the link. Listen to JK, like just just listen to the stuff that he's produced because it's it's fucking good. Like yes. it's actually good. Like yes. and and um, with the backing of that industry knowledge now that you have and that skill level, dude. Like I'm, yeah. I'm I'm. I think that the chances are very very good. Mm. Mm. I hope so because I've I've worked too hard. That's what helped me drag myself out when I was like, no, nah, I'm done with this shit. I went. No, nah, you put too much of your life into this, to just give up, walk away. You know. Mm. Pick yourself up, get into it. This is what you're built for. If it don't work out, then so be it. But at least you gave it a crack before you said no. You yeah. know, I'm done. And that's what helped me come to the realization that, you know, I've got the rest of my life to achieve what I want to achieve. I don't have to do it mm. in a two-year bracket, you know. I don't have to work myself so hard right to on. achieve those goals. Right on. JK, thank you, man. Not a problem. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. No drama. Yeah, thank good you. Time to, to have a yarn, right? And yeah. uh, inspirational. It's nice to hear people's stories and give people a chance to um, tell their story, you know. And mm. uh, we do. We wish you all the best for the future. Thank you. Right? Yeah. And uh, to our loyal listeners, yes, we'll be back next week. We're going to yeah. be taking a dip, <laughs> right? Ice bath, Ice bath time! <laughs> awesome! Oh, I can feel Let's it. Let's see what this is all about. Well, it's better than <laughs> drinking your own piss, I suppose, <laughs> right? <laughs> welcome uh, aboard! Welcome aboard! Where's the button, Pabs? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Out of practice. <laughs>